Marjorie Taylor Greene <clears throat> once again caused a bit of a ruckus because she discussed how red states and blue states uh, should separate. Red states should succeed from the Union, which is definitely very <laughs> 19th century Civil War talk. Uh, she definitely sounds like a Confederate uh, soldier in this regard. But there's one thing about the whole conversation about how red states should separate from blue states that that we fail to acknowledge as much as we should, like in the mainstream media and media in general, is that the red state thing is a myth. It's actually a myth. It actually doesn't exist. There is no such thing as a red state. There's also no such thing as a blue state. Every state is essentially shades of purple. It has been this way since the dawn of time. And I think the sooner we can finally eliminate that conversation about red states and blue states, I think the sooner we can come up with better solutions on how to properly represent the American people and what the American people want. Like, this red state, blue state, it should be a fragment of the past. Did you know that California has more Republicans than, like, several Republican states entirely combined, and yet California is a blue state? So what does that mean? What does it mean to these you know, four million registered Republicans living in California. What does that mean? Are they blue then? Because they happen to live in a state that's major majority blue? What happens to the people in Orlando, which is one of the more progressive cities in the entire country, one of the most diverse and ethnically and racially uh, diverse cities in the country, does that make us red just because we're living in Florida? No, that's this is where the argument falls apart when it's like red state, blue state. That doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't make sense. And what is it? And what happens to let's say the state of Texas when they decide to succeed from the union because they're a red state? What happens when they turn blue? They just flip sides. Like what happens? Because Texas is going to become a quote, blue, end quote, state in the next couple generations. The Latino population is growing ever so fast, and it scared the uh, white Republicans living there, which is why they're behaving the way that they're behaving. But Texas is slowly <laughs> turning right back into Mexico, as it should. Texas used to belong to Mexico. And I think Mexico deserves to have that state back. But we're not going to do it through, you know, war measures. All that's going to happen is that the Mexican population is going to grow dramatically over there. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a very Latino-heavy state, similar to what's happening in California. It doesn't guarantee that it's going to be a, you know, blue or red. It just guarantees it's going to be majority Latino. And it just so happens that Latinos, especially the younger ones, are more progressive. But what does that mean for Texas? Does that mean that Texas is betraying the red states because they're turning blue? 
because the demographics are changing, because the older, you know, Republicans are dying out for a variety of reasons, because they're their own worst enemy? No, it doesn't mean that. It's a myth. The whole thing is a myth. The entire country is not blue. The entire country is not red. It's just they're all shades of purple. Even in the smallest of states that are notoriously Republican dominated. Even in your places like Mississippi, your places like Arkansas, and your places like Nebraska. There are plenty of progressive people. There are plenty of progressive cities. You just don't hear about them much because of the way we have these conversations about these 50 states. We just automatically label like, oh, Vermont is blue. New York is blue. Indiana's red. When it's, you know, it's so basic. It's such simple talk. That's, it's so dumb. Um, it's similar to the way Hollywood, uh, <laughs> similar to the way that Hollywood does its casting for Latino roles in their movies. They ought to, like, the assumption is that somebody from Mexico is very, is like a hundred percent similar to somebody from Colombia, which is not true. It's not true culturally or even racially. It's like it's like claiming that, you know, Brazil and Portugal are the same because they speak the same language. It's not true. Hell, the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico are just a 40-minute 40, 40 flight apart. And those are two completely different countries with completely different backgrounds, even if they, you know, predominantly speak the same language and the same style of Spanish, too, might I add. But... They're two very different, you know, cultures of people. And this is my, this is my point that you cannot automatically paint Idaho as the same type of red state as Florida just because they're both red. These are two completely different states with completely different cultures and economies and expectations. And so we have to stop this red versus blue thing because it's just simply not a thing. It never it never was a thing. The the one reason why we still have this very dated this very fatigued and annoying and just pointless talk is because of the electoral college which pretty much forces the conversation because we give all our votes to you know because each state gives all their votes to one candidate regardless of results regardless of how close the votes are and honestly the electoral college we're at a point is the primary I would argue is the number one reason why the separation between people in this country is happening and at a very, very rapid rate, a very <clears throat> accelerated rate. And I don't think it's, you know, beyond repair. I don't think it's at doom and gloom and we're about to hit the civil war kind of thing. But I do believe that it has stunted growth that we should have had starting in 2000. And it hasn't happened because you know, the Republican Party has decided to try to win through the Electoral College, 
Well, the Democratic Party, their strategy is to try to convince as many voters as possible to show up. Because for the most part, like it or not, my conservatives, the Democrats have had the vast majority of ideas that have been more embraced by the majority of the American people. In all states, not some, all of them. But we have a very outdated and broken system that gives people like George W. Bush and Donald Trump and ultimately Ron DeSantis a legitimate shot at victory, even if the majority of the American people are not going to vote for them. If the United States had the exact same electoral system as Brazil, if they ran by that, then we would have had Al Gore in 2000. We would have had Hillary Clinton in 2016. Which technically means we would have had a Democratic president for one, two, three, four, probably four out of five terms. Six out of seven terms, because we're throwing in Obama. And who knows what would have happened with that type of power, especially with, as I've said, the Democratic Party having the ideas that have, have gotten the most support when compared to the Republicans and, you know, tax cuts and whatever the hell else they believe in for the week because it changes on a week-to-week basis. This week, uh, they've decided that all of a sudden the conflict happening in Ukraine is no longer important when a year ago it pretty much had a overwhelming response that something should be done about Putin basically invading a country that was not trying to start anything. Not to mention it was a country that had already been victimized by Russia for the past generation. But yeah, the Republicans, they go by flavor of the week. But I mean the Republican Party, because as I've said, even the Republican Party and the way they communicate and the way they have their thesis and the way they have their belief system is actually a bit different from what most conservatives prefer in the United States. I can guarantee you most conservatives would rather have uh, better gun control measures. And even if it's not outright banning assault rifles, at least have a registration system. So that way we know where the guns are and we know where they're going. I think... I can convince some, you know, a Democrat with good vocabulary, and it isn't a thousand years old, can convince a great great majority of conservatives that this should be the path forward. Even if there are too many guns, even if the assault rifles are the cause for most of these shootings, I think a very good step forward is to at least have the more dangerous guns be registered. And so... It's a myth. All these things, you know, it's a myth. Red state is a myth. Blue state is a myth. These things are complete lies. And the only reason Marjorie Taylor Greene is tweeting these asinine things is because the only way she can keep making her money and keep making her dumb racist donors happy is by stirring the pot and causing more controversies. This woman has not introduced a single decent idea at all. Not one. 
Not a single measure, not a single sentence she has ever made since winning office has been a good one. Not one. Even Matt Gates has said a couple things I've agreed with. But that woman is absolute trash, absolute bad news, and I'm throwing a party the day that she gets voted out, if that ever happens. But it's, you know, because of this, because of the way we elect people, you get crazy people like that that are now, you know, infiltrating a Republican Party that wants to grow but just cannot grow because they trip over themselves and they keep they keep their base a certain specific color and really don't allow other groups of people to go in unless they're willing to you know (laughs) dance for them pretty much this conversation I'm drifting a little bit away is you know it should not be about my disdain for the Republican Party it should be about me pointing out that the whole red versus blue state is a myth. I don't believe in that. I try not to I try not to use that vocabulary. Because as I've said, I've, you know, I live in a state that is deep red now, right? Florida is deep red. But I promise you, you can find places in South Florida, in Tampa, and then of course in Central Florida that is very much progressive. That is very much open to change and improvement and trying to be more accepting and more embracing of different kinds of people of the marginalized communities. But I'm in a red state, so that shouldn't make sense. It's a myth. The whole thing is a myth. The whole incident with the Battle of the Joshes actually took place, I want to say, in Nebraska. And there are parts in Nebraska that are considered some of the kindest towns in all of America. And Nebraska is a, quote, red, unquote, state. So how is it that, you know, a red state, you know, which is dominated by Republicans, which have historically been against the LGBTQ community, against black people, against Latinos, against immigrants, how could they have a city that has, you know, friendly people? It's a thing. It is a thing. There are cities that are super nice to everybody. There are cities that are super open to everybody in the deepest regions of your red states. And we just, you know, we should be beyond this. We should be beyond calling these states by color because everyone is purple. You will find your most hardcore Republicans and your most hardcore progressives in every single state. There is not one city, not one region, not one county that you can point to me that is 90 that is like 90 to 100 percent red or 90 to 100 percent blue you couldn't find me one and if you did it's probably a lie and if you did it's probably a county that has five people one family so we we gotta we gotta remove this off the vocabulary this whole red versus blue i i hope someday we can kill the electoral college once and for all so we don't have to have this stupid conversation versus the red and the blue state. We, I hope. 
Because it just creates these arguments that are absolutely pointless. They don't really add anything to the equation. Because when Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted this ridiculous thing, there were those on the blue side, like your Democrats, your progressives, that were pointing out that most of these red states are actually poorer, actually have more poverty, actually have more corruption and more crime. That doesn't, even if those numbers are true, what does that solve? What does that mean? Because some of these states have among the most intense gerrymandering and voter suppression in the country. So how can Mississippi improve itself if the voting system in Mississippi is severely flawed and makes it difficult for the black community? Which, P.S., Mississippi is one of the states with the highest black population. They have... They have some of the, you know, quote, blackest cities in the country, like your Atlanta. Mississippi can have cities that are just as effective in diversity, just as effective in the acceptance of black culture as in Atlanta. This can happen in Mississippi only if the voting system allows them to, but it does not. So what good does it do to, for you to point out that Mississippi is one of the poorest, brokest, you know, one of the brokest states in the country? What does that solve? It's, that's not the fault of the people that voted them in for, you know, for the most part. There's some really terrible, crazy laws. Jim Crow exists all over the South. So it doesn't do any proper contribution to the conversation of red and blue states for you to point out, well, Mississippi's poor. Okay, well, look at Mississippi's voting history. Look at all the obstacles that, you know, black voters have to face when trying to, when trying to improve the state that they live in. There are, you know, there are obstacles. So, I bet you the states that are more successful one thing that you know one thing that they all have in common is that the access to voting is usually better and the amount of available voting locations is usually better but yeah we just i don't i that tweet was dumb but responding to her tweet with facts about red and blue states is dumb because like i said all myth all of it's a myth. It's just a conversation that keeps us polarized. We are not as polarized as, you know, the media and Twitter would like for you to believe. There's a lot we have in common. And it's just a matter of passing the proper laws to ensure that Americans actually have a voice. It's a matter of that happening before we can finally start evolving past red blue state Marjorie Taylor Green you're a terrible human being I wish you the worst I wish all your popcorn is stale <laughs> I wish your tires always need air <laughs> I, you know I wish that your pel- your pillows never be cold <laughs> have a good night Goodbye.